Hello and welcome to Good Sex, Bad Sex, a podcast from metro.co.uk. It's a bit like going to a tropical island, but we will never leave you deserted. <laughs> we won't. Oh, we, we will absolutely was, stalk you. It's, I um, would. We'll take your money. Very we'll take, threatening. <laughs> we'll make a boat out of your hair. <laughs> <laughs> My name is BBH. <laughs> I'm Miranda Kane. And no way. Mm-hmm. Stop right now. Yeah, we have got one of my favourite comedians on the show. Uh, we have got the Desiree Birch. Whoa. Yay. Hi, I am Desiree Birch. I am the voice of narration on Too Hot to Handle. I'm a comedian, a solo performer, an actor, a writer, a voice artist, all of those things. I'm mostly just me, which is right now sweating her ass off in the middle of London. The second series of Too Hot to Handle will be released on Netflix on the 23rd of June. And if you have not seen it, it's a massive game show where sexy singles have to live together in a luxurious getaway. And to win the 100 grand prize, the only thing they have to do is to not have sex with each other. So obviously me and Bibi have put our application in the post because frankly, that is easy money for us. But we are delighted to be joined by its narrator, presenter and comedian extraordinaire thanks so much for having me here i've never considered it a game show but you're right there is money it's just (laughs) i in my head it's reality because it's a bunch of hot people who are like very much trying not to have sex or touch each other and totally having sex and touching each other um so i always forget about the money but they don't and you know somebody wins money so it's it is very exciting you're right can i ask can i ask a technical question yes are you allowed to have sex with them Um, I, I mean, technically I am, but we never occupy the same space ever because by the time I've seen the show, I'm seeing it just slightly before the audience is. So they've already gone to some tropical Island, had a wonderful time, done their thing. And then it comes to me and I'm sitting in a sweaty booth in London or a freezing booth, depending on the time of you were recording it going, Oh, that looks fun. All of those drinks look nice. All that sun looks great. (laughs) <laughs> I am I am furious on your behalf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's probably better. I think that the format <laughs> works because we're all in our discrete little worlds of existence and they don't have to deal with the reality <laughs> of being watched until the thing is like long done and dusted and they're already like upping their Instagram numbers and everything. So I think it works out well to keep it sort of like assembly line separated. Yeah. It would be so mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. They're just and too they're- young and cute. I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> oh, like, you do, you know what I mean? Like you, when no, I see people it. that attractive, I just start laughing. Like, <laughs> okay, you're gonna go with that face. Okay, cool, whatever. So, so yeah, I wouldn't know how to handle myself. To be perfectly honest, I have that problem as well. Whenever I see someone that's totally too attractive, I'm just like, oh, I'm just gonna laugh. But if I see someone distinctly average, I am all yeah. over them. I'm like, Absolutely. this is possible. So now it's time for head games. No, but <laughs> yeah, when they're too hot, I'm just like, um, okay, why are you here? I don't understand. 
<laughs> and there is quite the selection. It's a lovely little selection box, isn't it? It really is. They definitely are. Um, they kind of, you know, go international and like, you know, they don't get all of the tastes, but they definitely get, uh, as far as conventionally hot goes, a nice variety. I like that there's been a pattern of sort of like diversifying things a bit by like location and nationality and things like that. So um, I hope that that continues. My favorite thing is when you get all the English people trying to teach the American people stuff like flanter, banter, <laughs> um, just all the words that we use. And they're like, oh, my God. So she says that I need more uh, banter. 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 <laughs> what is that? You need to use your words. For something else besides ordering more drinks. That's it. Um, Yeah. And it's very cute to like, you know, by by the time they get to the end, Americans are like, oh, I've picked up some slang. You really haven't. You just picked up English. But that's cool. Who do you reckon make the better flirts in the whole thing? Is it the Americans or the English or the one Australian? (laughs) One Australian. (laughs) Um, I honestly, I don't. No, I'm trying to think between the two series, you know, like, uh, like there's uh, in my head, obviously, it kind of just depends on where you're from. Like for any American watching the show, they're going to be vastly more interested in any of the Brits, maybe the Aussies, but like, it'll take them an episode or two to realize the Australians are not British because they just yeah. do an accent. It's like, <laughs> you could be from anywhere from like the UK to South Africa to Australia <laughs> to like any number of places. So it takes them a minute, but I think an accent goes a long way to disguise the regular BS as like exotic BS because it's coming through in an accent. And I assume it probably works similarly in reverse from my experience of having lived in this country. The amount of times that I get complimented for my accent after I've just like sworn down the phone at somebody is astounding <laughs> to me. I'm like, really? This is the same garbage we're all doing, but it sounds like TV. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. So just the, is the English accent still, because I'm, I mean, is it still successful yep. in the States then? Yeah, really? yep. still works, still works. I mean, yeah, I'm like, there was like a, a renewal of it when Americans realized that there were Black people in Britain too. And now we put all of them in films and we're just like, wow, the way he talks in the interview is totally different. The way he talks in the movie, amazing. <laughs> it, it will always work. There is this weird sort of kissing cousin thing that it always, you know, has a novelty. I'm sure at some point it'll diminish a bit, like, but I'm a astounded that I still get compliments on just speaking words in this country. Just opening your mouth. Yeah, yeah, when you have had uh, American media since there's been media, but like, so it still works. I think it will always continue to. That's so hilarious. I, um, so I watched a bit of the show today. Awesome. Oh my God. And there was a boy in there and he was so cute. And he just, and he was, you know, the whole thing like, he's going, oh my God, no sex, no sex, no sex. And at one point he went, got to be honest, and start to look at the fish differently. And I'm like, oh okay, God. well, also because I'm just like, okay, these people are a little bit older than 15, but mm-hmm. when I look at them, I'm always like, oh, you're a kid who's only been hot for a percentage of their lives <laughs> and oh. is making the most out of that. Like for me, I can see the like teenage person inside of all of these incredibly hot nubile bodies. That's yeah. like, I, I mean, I don't even know how I'm not going to touch myself for like a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Like the rest of us, it's like, it's called being busy 
Do you know what I yeah. mean? Just yeah. stay busy. But they're like, I'm busy being hot, which means I have to touch myself. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, I can see for him, he'd be looking at fish. It's, I mean, th- this season... <laughs> We've got the whole gamut. I mean, there's like the, you know, there's the people who are like sporty and cool that you would expect to be like that. And then there are the people who are obviously nerds like 20 oh. minutes ago oh. who like just bloomed into their hotness and they're like, <laughs> you know, and I like if any of us got freaky Friday and we woke up and we were like a perfect 10, like, yeah, of course we be like, mm, I'm going to use this power for evil. Right. Yeah. And so the whole premise of the show is to like, maybe stop using his power for evil and use it for like something that might be helpful or good. And then they're like, wow, I learned so much. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so sweet. Cause it's like, barring that, why wouldn't you continue to be a jerk? Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. everything in the universe is telling you to do that. And then you just hit like your middle age and then it's sad. You know, because well, like, I was going to say that because the 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 other show of this, obviously, is menopausal women. We don't. I could win. I could fucking hands down get that hundred grand. Yeah, easy. <laughs> yeah. Why don't they do the show yeah. for middle aged yeah. people? And the yeah. prize pot is if any of them manages to have satisfying yes. sex with the yeah. other one yeah. in yeah. the yeah. three satisfying. weeks or whatever they yeah. recorded, and then you get the money because it's just a bunch Such. of like, mm, is it worth it? Like, yeah. <laughs> do I want you following me around afterwards? <laughs> yeah. 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 Are yeah. there any good? Are there any more classic cringeworthy moments like? I don't know. Is has anyone brought their keyboard along this year? <laughs> yes. I love Bryce so much for that. Oh my God. I was just like, you are be like obviously he's being painted to be the cheesiest person, but I kind of like I was like, you just stepped right out of like off the love boat in the 70s and like into this world. Um well, I'm trying to think. Nobody brings any instruments. Thank, Thank God. God. <laughs> Tell me what um, he did. Tell me what he did. Oh, he, oh, oh, it's so funny. He shows up and he's playing on the keyboard. Like he's serenading everyone with the song that does not go as well as he had planned. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of like, here's a new song that I wrote and it wasn't quite, it was like studio worthy, but not quite show ready. So it just kind of like, you know, completely poops the bed and everyone's like, okay, good job. (laughs) It's a good thing you're still hot or whatever. So yeah, there's no other impromptu talent shows, thankfully. Um, uh, There are, I'm trying to think there's, um, there's like a couple of well-timed roaches um, that just infiltrate sexy moments. So you'll be able to enjoy that. That sounds like me and BB. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're out in the heat of the wilderness. Nature's going to happen. Yeah, we are. It's definitely like, you know, a couple of those like random head bonks while people are making out. Um, (laughs) You're just like, okay, it's not as clean and neat as we all pretend to be. And then there's all the stuff that like we're used to seeing from shows like this, where it's like the night vision is on and all kinds of crazy stuff is happening Mm. in the same room that another nine people are in. And you're like, how do these people have the confidence? Like I would never have the confidence to try to like be in bed, getting it on with somebody when there's like another five or six beds that are full in the room. I just am not that. I'm a performer, but like, I'm not that confident about the show. You know, <laughs> so yeah, you just you just need some baby sham in your system. So I've ter- I've certainly done that. That's terrible, <laughs> isn't it? I've certainly done that. Oh my god, it's like baby Jesus is punishing me now. Is that maybe it is just about a little bit of the uh, lowered inhibitions due to yeah. alcohol? That's because I'm just kind of like. Also, I don't know. Maybe I just care about money too much. Maybe when I was, I think when I was twenty something, I would have been like, yes. 
bang everyone, bang everything. Who cares about money? Live for today. And like, I'm not. And I'm just like, you got to be real. (laughs) (laughs) So, But yeah, I think that the fact that this happened during lockdown and obviously they had to go and quarantine and then come out of quarantine in order to be able to make the show just Mm. made everyone far hornier than you could possibly fathom, given the conditions that we've all been in over the past 18 months. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. So they, they did it. Yeah. They, you know, they had to do it once all of the unpleasantness started and, you know, like go to a faraway location and do the whole Mm -hmm. thing, have everyone quarantined, do all the testing, all of that other kind of stuff, keep them all isolated. Mm -hmm. And obviously getting anyone to go and do a show where they get to be around other hot people in the (laughs) middle of a pandemic where you couldn't touch anyone was so enthralling. Like they just signed a large contract and got on a plane. And come to COVID Island. Yes, exactly. Pretty much. Did they know they were going on too hot to handle? <laughs> the, the last one was the first series. So they didn't know what was going to happen. Yes. And this time, obviously, they had to find a way to make sure that they also weren't going to know what was going to happen. And mm-hmm. that way was lying. Um, <laughs> I mean, I yes, I'd be basically, I think, I don't know what the contract said. It must have had a tentatively called or whatever. But they knew they were going on a reality sort of dating, like hot people show. Right. Mm. And that's what this is. They didn't know the exact nature of the show. So it's going to be really fun to watch them find out. (laughs) (laughs) I've got three things to say. (laughs) Write them down, Miranda, in case. Here we go. She's going to forget halfway through. Yeah. (laughs) First of all, do you like my mug? (laughs) Let's see. Close up on that mug. Wait, show it again. Oh, lovely. Yeah, Very I thought cool. you'd like right. this. But thank I'm, you. I'm I thought you'd like that. Oh, I love that you yeah. can see yourself in it, but you see yourself like far more exotic and tribal. How gorgeous. Anyway, covered in leopard question. Oh, my so God. Also, oh, I have forgotten it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the second question was, do you know part of, the, part of the problem with sex with me, apart from it's disgusting and immoral, is um, being sex ready. Jesus, who's got the time? So yeah. do we watch do we watch these young gorgeous people do their stuff? Do you know what I mean? It's like no, they've already come sort of like pre-waxed and bleached and with like 25 bikinis or swimsuits <laughs> that came from the junior section of Kmart or whatever. Like they all, <laughs> none of them quite fit. So there's like yeah. all kinds of side top and under boob. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and that's good for them because they've got like, cause I don't know, they're 20 something. So there's just stand up, you know, mm-hmm. like ready to go. <laughs> Production um, crew just handing out condoms like they're <laughs> Throwing them at them. Well, I'm always astounded because when you look in the, like every time that there's the private suite, you look in the suite and there's like always a bowl of condoms there. So obviously they want to show that they're being safe and considerate, but it's also kind of like you're asking them to break the rules as well. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how this is supposed to work, but yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. they are, I I guess it depends on what you think sex ready is, you know, Mm -hmm. at the age I am in my life, I'm dating other people who are my age and sex ready is does your, do your sex parts work? We're ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, it's like these kids don't have hard skin on their feet, do they? Yeah. I want, no. I want a scene with them no. shaving their foot with, yeah. the, with the smooth, what's it's called from um, Shoal. Yeah, nobody's That's got the like a pedig or whatever the heck on the there. Like everything is 
is super re- yeah I, I i maybe that's a good suggestion for the producers like we'd Thank all you. love to see the pre-production yeah where I it's like it. the day before they get on the plane it's just like yeah. screams across the world yeah. and yeah. like things being so down and like just sod and you know <laughs> toenails gun. being fucking yeah. sanded yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um what an amazing gig for you mm. yeah absolutely i mean i was really fortunate like because I had done flinch before with the same people from Netflix's unscripted uh department so they're kind of familiar with me but I think that they really felt like they needed an American voice for it and it does quite work because there is a sort of like British style of comedy in the writing that Mm. might sound cruel if it came out of the same accent but because it comes out of an American voice people are just like how clever and then they realize later it was kind of snarky (laughs) (laughs) what is it like doing the narration when you don't have um is it difficult for you coming from a stand-up comedy background to not have the audience there in front of you to gauge what their reaction is straight away I mean really it's between me the sound guy and the production person you know because it's like (laughs) even if there's an audience of two or one there's still an audience you know and so it's kind of like there it is this sort of amalgam of stuff that they've brought in stuff that I'm doing stuff that Netflix hears and comes back with and they go maybe something like this and then I'm like that doesn't make any sense or how about something like this and it is just sort of this alchemy of trying to work out between all of the parties in play what's funny or what's funny enough to uh, still not be cruel you know because I mean as a comedian my tendency would be to go for the jugular you know a bit (laughs) and that's not going to work on a show like this because you know obviously all of these people have really put themselves out there like you know I think we take for granted because I think at least I'm definitely older than the generation of people who would like voluntarily submit themselves to be examined by the entire world and like (laughs) no matter what you think you're going to get out of it on social media or in your brand like you there's nothing that's going to prepare you for the amount of of attention, scrutiny, involvement, interaction that like something like this is going to bring. So obviously, mm. you know, behind the scenes, we want to, you know, make sure not to serve these people up, but definitely give them a light to moderate ribbing when that is, yeah. you know, due. So it is, <laughs> it is a bit of an alchemy too. As And also the stuff that's like half the time, I'm just kind of like, oh, does an American audience understand that? Does a British audience understand that? And mm. I can't even account for anybody who's getting this translated into any number of languages, but those are at least two cultures. <laughs> (laughs) that I could be like, no one in America would say that or like, oh, I don't know if British people know what that means. But you guys are a lot better because you watch all of our shows to like know what we, Americans are kind of like, what? What's toilet (laughs) roll? It's like, I don't know, think about it. It's the toilet paper that comes in a roll. Like, why do you need to spell that? But you do, so. (laughs) I also want to ask you, um, because uh, I'm such a fan of the show, and oh my God, you're going to be on Taskmaster. Yes. Have you started started any tasks yet? Yeah. (laughs) It's so much fun. It is so much fun. I honestly have not had this much fun uh, doing a work project in as long as I can really remember, you know, like my, for me, um, it's been like, you know, uh, like I've done a lot of, um, theater, a lot of like Mm. experimental theater, things like Mm. that, you know, so like being 
being solely assigned to perform a task is very much in the wheelhouse of the kind of like theater I've done with like uh, the neo-futurists and stuff like that. Cause it's very sort of presentational task-based, like try to accomplish an impossible thing while telling a story. And there's this, I don't even have to tell a story. Like the story tells itself because I'm just like in situ trying to respond in real life. And I now understand why the show has such a massive following. Cause there really isn't anything on television like that, that feels as, even though it's recorded and commented mm. on it definitely feels like alive. It definitely feels like, oh, this is a person that has shown me a certain side of them in their career that I'm going to get to see a very authentic, totally different side to, you mm -hmm. know, when I actually get a chance to see them. So like, you know, and I also think just like the crew of people who's on the series is really amazing. Like all people that I like I respect, admire, like, like it's going to be really great. Have you gone for trying to solve the puzzles in a just a normal way or would you say you've gone for the more avant-garde I solution? wish that I was, I think I would say in the normal way, in what I think is the normal way. But in that, I definitely have done some things that are probably <laughs> a little bit avant-garde because, you know, anytime somebody's like, uh, your time starts now, hmm. right? Anytime you yeah. know you're under a time crunch, like, one, you try the route that you think is going to work. And when that invariably does not work, then you start trying other options and then you get desperate. And that's when the fun ensues. So yeah, there's going to be some avant-garde measures to some of these things. And some of them require avant-garde things. And they're like, do the coolest version of X. And it's like up to what your interpretation of cool is. And I might look like, you know, somebody's middle-aged dad. You know, I have no idea when it comes to like how cool I did the thing. But um, yeah, I... You you know, my, I'm kind of like trying to accomplish the thing basically. So at some point, I think after like the first day I was like, oh, this is what's happening. And like, maybe remember that you're being looked at, but like, it's very hard to do so when it's just like, you've been given something that's utterly stupid to accomplish. <laughs> you're like, there's no normal way of doing yeah. this thing with an orange, you know? Well. <laughs> has it, has it uh -huh. got like a surprising competitive spirit or do you think you um every so often or? but like you know we're all sort of isolated from each other when we're actually doing the tasks so you're only competing against your um perception of how someone else is doing it you know like yes there's definitely been times when i'm like i bet victoria corn mitchell is crushing this shit right now <laughs> you know in my head i'm like but she's nailing it. i bet alan davies did this in like no time flat when i have no idea <laughs> how they did it but in my head i'm imaginarily competing comparing myself to think of people I think are better than I am. And so I'm trying, <laughs> which means I'm failing spectacularly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was going to ask how COVID's been treating you, but from your little outburst then, and it was an outburst. Yes. I indeed. think you've lost your mind. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> yeah. If anyone's kept their mind, that's, um, you should have let that go a long time ago. If you've not <laughs> looked around at society, the people with no minds are doing mm. the best right now. Yeah. They're in charge yeah. of the entire world. So really lose your mind because it's just going to frustrate you to have it moving forward when you see how insane everything's become. Yeah. <laughs> why did you, um, why did you come to the UK in the first place? 
So uh, it was, I mean, there's never sort of one reason, like the one sort of like the last sort of thing was that I got into a relationship with a British guy. So that was part of why I came here, but it was a whole confluence of having been in New York for far longer than I thought I was ever going to be. And like far longer than I wanted, like I'd said after eight years, like I need to get out of here. And I got to like 13 years and I was like, oh, what the heck? And, um, you know, having done Edinburgh a couple of times before I moved, having a sense of the UK as being a place that like was welcoming to comedians, to people like me who were smart and dirty at the same time. Like I might be able to find a way to make a career here. And uh, my boyfriend at the time, uh, you know, also confirmed, he was like, yeah, you do really well here. Like if we're going to keep this thing going, eventually one of us is going to have to move. And yeah, I could go to New York and, you know, he was in tech. So he was like, I could probably go to New York and find work, but like you probably would do better here. And I was like, yeah. And honestly, I've been looking for a reason to get out of here. So let's do it. And I just sort of, you know, I was in my mid thirties and I was like, look, you get a chance to do something like this once I'm either going to do this in life or not. And so I just sort of packed it all in and moved for a dude. Um, needless to say, our relationship did not make it, <laughs> but we are still friends. He's a lovely guy. We were together for a good, you know, chunk of years, but um, you know, what I got out of that was a lovely way to sort of transition into a different culture. You know, it's good to know anybody when you first start out. Cause I didn't want to start over, over. And I think being able to be with him and already having known people from performing here meant that I didn't fully have to start over, over, like I could kind of hit the ground running and yeah, I mean, you know, the reason I continue to like pay money for visas to continually come back is that this country has been very welcoming and good to me, both as a comedian and just like as a human being, I definitely feel like it's got London in particular has that amazing mix of, you know, it's a city like I'm from L.A. originally. So it's like it has that history in that city that built up in this of New York, but it also has like a flower and a tree and like, you know <laughs> what I mean? like the stuff that you don't get in New York City that you realize is making you less and less human as the years go on because you're like I just need space and to breathe and like a park and a place to like disappear so um yeah London is a wonderful hybrid of those places at least in my mind so that's oh why my I god this here. Is, it's the great city move for a dude I love that and move move for a dude you gotta <laughs> for do dude. it once you know people do wanna, it and they do it I when they're 20 move. and I was like I missed my window <laughs> I was like, yes, I want to do something stupid. Throw my life away. And it was, it was totally the best thing that I did. I don't want to depress everyone by bringing oh. up the old, the old C word, but oh. it's it's so difficult at the moment for comedians oh, because C-word. all the venues are shut. <laughs> it took me a long time to get the first one out of my head. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That, just bringing up COVID, sorry, because it's so hard with all the venues and because we've just been told that lockdown's going to extend for another four weeks. So how is it on mm. the comedy front? Like, are you hanging up stand-up comedy for a bit? Are you trying to do, like, virtual ones? Or yeah. Just, well, I'm I mean, just going to stick to talking about hot people. Yes. Honestly. I mean... I've been fortunate, very, very, very much so in that, like, you know, I have things like Too Hot to Handle. I have sort of other voiceover gigs that I do. There are panel shows. There are things that are in a controlled environment that I can do as a comedian to still be able to make a living. And not everyone is as sort of like blessed to have the timing have worked out for them. And so I do recognize that. I think, you know, I have been doing uh, recently been coming back into the stand up world. And like right now there have been a lot of outdoor gigs, which 
helps and still, you know, works out. And then, you know, like the indoor ones have been primarily distanced and that kind of thing, you know? So like, um, I, it's weird because everybody I know is a comic is trying to get kind of fighting fit again, because yes, there have been the zoom gigs. And it's, I think that they're a good thing and that in some ways, some of them could and should continue to reach people who wouldn't otherwise be reached by this stuff, you know, but everybody kind of wants to have that feeling of like not performing in their bedroom, which is why we all go do this in a bar where drunk people can actually respond and maybe not like what we do, but, um, (laughs) yeah, like I, I've, I feel pretty good about the amount of work that I've got had going and still going for the next uh, four weeks. But yeah, I get that it is, it is really, really difficult for, you know, a lot of the club comics to kind of constantly be adjusting to the sort of back and forth of it, you know? So I mean, I, it's, it's hard for everybody. So I can't really like stick my nose out and be like, it's really hard for comics. It's really hard for everybody. But like some people have been working the whole time. Some people have gotten back into it and like, you know, live entertainment has always sort of seen like this optional thing, but it really is a huge economic driver. And also like it really, in this country, like people go out, they get wasted and they want to see jokes because they're sick of hearing their friends' stories. So, you know, like people are kind <laughs> yeah. of, you know, like the shows that I have done, people have been like, that was so great. And it was a great first show to come back. And it was just nice to like commune and people are so happy to do something that feels like normality. So um, I hope that we get to see that kind of push forward. Obviously we want to make sure that everybody stays safe, but also the more people get vaccinated, the safer we can all be. Yes. 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 We've all had a little prick in our arms. (laughs) (laughs) I want to quickly ask you this because I just, I love this. Just see me. You played the nurse in Romeo and Juliet. I played the nurse twice in Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) I did it in university. And then I did it afterwards when I was doing a teaching artist program with um, some sort of like, uh, I don't know, I guess they're like teenagers. I don't know if that's, if that's sixth form here or what, I forget how school ages work here, but basically they played all the young roles. We played all the older roles, but yes, I played the nurse a number of times. Um, I do like me some Shakespeare and people are like, Oh, so do you want to be like, I mean, people look at me, they're like, so nurse. I'm like, yeah. I got it. Got it it covered. (laughs) I went through the same. The fat girls always play the nurse or the, or old men. Like, yeah, pretty much. I mean, if you do some of the histories, you can play like a queen Margaret or whatever type of thing, you know, a little bit more of the, uh, the crone figure, but yeah, I played a lot of the nurse and I played, uh, Amelia in uh, sort of like cross cast Othello and that kind of, all of the same sort of like, uh, supporting, uh, actress type of like, you know, you're here to help kind of roles. <laughs> Got those covered. You're the backbone. You're the mm-hmm. backbone. For God's sake. <laughs> Always the support, never the lead. Yeah. Right. I want to be that front yeah. bone. That's <laughs> <laughs> why so it's like, okay, yes, no, I am going to stand up on a fucking stage by myself. Kind of. Yeah. At some point you're kind of like, if I want to say or do anything that I feel like is uh, important to get across, it's not going to come in the form of like getting to play Nina in the seagull. You know what I mean? Like, that's not like I'm going to have to write my own thing. And that, you know, I got out of school 20 years ago. Uh, it's been a long time. So yeah, it was a different landscape then to the one that it is now, but yeah, it became readily apparent in New York that if I wanted to play cool roles, I was going to have to invent them. One quick question before we let everyone go and enjoy too hot to handle on the 21st of June. Do you like how I'm plugging? Yes. I love how you're beautifully done. Very much. One, one quick question. What the fuck did Sharon and Rhonda do in the, in the private suite? 
because that was oh that's funny i have never heard so many bleeps it was like it was like um you got points you got money deducted when your beep went in his yeah no you're so to your beep you're so right that's been such a lifetime ago because obviously i've gone into the studio and i've watched a totally different couple do other things that can't actually be you know they have to have happy face emojis over them um (laughs) so i'm trying to recall what they actually this was literally like the first episode of season one i'm afraid so i'm so sorry oh gosh no i I wish that i could tell you but like what happens is that i I went by the time i've already they've already edited it so they've already (laughs) edited a cut that already has the blurred out covered over whatever and the bleeps in it so they don't tell me i just have to guess that he stuck his something in or something (laughs) you know and i have and honestly isn't it better because if you found out the truth you'd be like oh that's all he did yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was hoping he was going to put all the things in all of yeah. things, you know, yeah. like, you've so, made it filthy and filthy yeah, we've made that. it extraordinarily yeah. filthy. And I feel like that's what they want us to do. It lets the audience yes. be involved in the action, but yeah. <laughs> being able to decide what got stuck where, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, they definitely had a great time in all of the places that they could. <laughs> it's so weird because I'm I'm pitching a game show to ITV called Got What Got Stuck Where. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's so weird. So weird. I've got it's the like t-shirts. it got stuck and then it got really unstuck and then it yeah. got stuck again. <laughs> again. <laughs> so horrible, oh. I love it. <laughs> Desiree, thank you so much. Give a quick plug to any, what else have you got coming? Oh, up? thank you so much. It's so lovely of you. I am. Uh, I'm not sure when this is coming out, but um, my uh, my 2017 solo show uh, that has a word that I don't know if I can say. Yes, you on can. Your, yep. Oh, it can. It's called Unfuckable, and uh, I'm going to be recording it uh, in early July at Soho Theater, which means I'm going to be doing two previews on the 25th and the 26th there. If that comes out before then, if not, mm-hmm. it'll be uh, out before the recording. That's on the 5th, so you can check that out on. Soho Theater's website. Um, you can also check me out at Des the Ray. That's D-E-S-T-H-E-R-A-Y on Facebook and Twitter. Oh my God, I loved her. Oh, that was, so, oh, she was so funny. Oh my yeah. God. Oh, I I love what she was saying about like the, <laughs> the contestants on the show that have only just come into their hotness, which I think is something that we can really relate to. Oh, I mean, I'm looking, I'm, I've still got mine to come. Mm-hmm. I'm very much looking forward to my 60th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and it... having an hour when I'm something else. <laughs> I'll turn up with my Casio keyboard and serenade. <laughs> oh, I really, I'm going to have to watch that series. I'm going to have to watch that because I just thought it's so you funny. Are... You might as well have put the demo bossa nova on and just like <laughs> sung along to that. Oh, oh the cringe. The cringe. Did Ross in Friends write a song? Yes. And, and was it about karate? Or was the karate just that how he pronounces karate? I can't even pronounce but I don't even know how to pronounce it. Anyway, um, what was his song? What was Ross's song? Do you remember? I don't know. Don't remember, don't remember. Um, yeah, she was great. Her Soho Theatre show sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Netflix show sounds brilliant and a um, bit too attractive for my liking. Very you know, attractive. And Very I don't like that in someone and too funny and too clever. Um, mm-hmm. But despite all of that, we'll keep her in. We won't edit, <laughs> edit her out. Uh, uh, my name is Bibi Lynch. I'm Miranda Kane. 
Good Sex, Bad Sex was produced by Juliet Nichols for Metro.co.uk. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at Good Sex, Bad Sex with a triple X at the end or on Instagram. You can get into our DMs if you've got a guest suggestion or want to come on the show and talk about sexy stuff yourself. Oh, please do. How lovely. Um, see you next week. Bye.